Greetings, greetings, greetings. Uh, no, this is not Scroobius Pip, uh, as you can plainly tell. Uh, this is Buddy Peace. I'm the producer, mixer and engineer of the Distraction Pieces podcast that you are listening to and hopefully always listen to every Wednesday. I just wanted to put out a shout to the lovely, charming, ferociously handsome Team 3W crew, the listeners of the Distraction Pieces podcast, that... Uh, I'm available for any mixing, engineering, production, music production for any of your podcasts or anyone you know who records podcasts. It, w- it would be ace to talk to you. Uh, so yeah, give me a shout. I'm over at uh, buddy at buddypeace.com. So as it sounds, just B-U-D-D-Y at B-U-D-D-Y-P-E-A-C-E dot com or on Twitter, which is at buddy underscore peace alright I've already eaten up far too much of the start of this podcast so let's get you welcomed in with the god yeah. Scroobius Pit I gotta go now welcome 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 um, my name is Scroobius Pip, and I'm w- walking through rural France and I thought I'd do a bonus podcast episode for you. I feel like Adam Buxton as I'm walking through woods and trees and countryside and recording. I hope it records okay and it's not too windy or anything. Um, Hi everyone. This is a bonus episode on the Friday. We've got a lot of great guests coming up. I'm off in France for a little bit. And I'm in the middle of nowhere. I'm in a town called Mello. M-E-L-L-O. If you look it up on, on, on Google Maps, you'll see it hasn't really got anything. It's got houses and I think a hotel, but not really any shops or any restaurants or anything. I'm out here shooting a film and whenever I'm not on set... I've got some time spare, I guess, and I'm doing some writing. And I downloaded, I downloaded a series called Chance, which I'm really enjoying. Um, but I thought, uh, preempting that <coughs> it might be a bit quiet, I did a post on Facebook asking you guys to uh, to ask some questions. So I'm going to record w- one now. I've got up early and I've gone for a walk. Um, I've been barked at a lot. By dogs, dogs in in Mellow aren't a fan of me. Um, on the, I, I might on the outro, I might walk and do the outro. I, I, I walking past the particular bit where there were a lot of angry dogs and see if that's an audio treat for you guys. Um, yeah, um, so I got up early and came for a walk before I need to go on set and do some filming. And I thought I'll do a quick hour of uh, of your questions. And if there's any any left over, I'll try and find some time later in the week to do another hour to go up next Friday in the uh, in the new year. I'm going to start doing regular uh, bonus episodes on Fridays. Um, I've got a specific plan in mind for them, but I won't tell you yet in case I never get around to doing it, and you'll be furiously disappointed. So, but yeah, that's a plan because I don't want to. I'm doing these as bonuses because I've got so many good guests coming up. You, you will have already had Gene Gray, 
this week, and depending on this on when this drops, you've either got Johnny Lee Miller to follow, or you've just had Johnny Lee Miller, and then we've got Rick Edwards, and we've got my end of year films of 2017 special I'll be doing that I'm tallying them up and deciding my favourites um, and then we're going to have a drunk cast and a network dr- drunk cast with that's the plan anyway with everyone off the network including Dr S- S- Susie Gage there um, doing regular um, alcohol blood checks or breath tests I mean not, she's not going to take our blood that would be mental particularly if she's drunk so yeah there's loads to come but I thought, I thought rather than detract from a Wednesday or take up a Wednesday I sneak this out as a little bonus um, I'm, I'm, I'm dragging the intro out because I'm walking to try and find somewhere nice to sit down to go through your questions um, I should mention that we're brought to you as ever by speechdevelopmentrecords.com at this time of year you could kind of r- reflect and go have I have I enjoyed hours and hours of free podcasts this year? And if the answer is yes, then maybe pop over to speechdevelopmentrecords.com and buy a t-shirt or a mug or my DVD or uh, or any vinyl or anything like that as a little uh, thank you. You know, you could share the books. The books, I've got the signed, signed books in the web store. Oh, there's a car coming. Yeah, I've got signed books of my Distraction Pieces book, which is a Times bestseller. And of my uh, of my illustrated poetry book, so they're both in the web store. Hang on, let me just climb up on this rock. Right, I'm up on a rock. Um, yeah, they're both in the web store, signed. So you could go and get them. And obviously, we've got all the winter merch, which is there's hats. Or you can hear hear one of the dogs in the background. He hates hates someone else. Scarves, jumpers. Rucksacks, umbrellas, all sorts, all at speechdevelopmentrecords.com. But right now, I'm sat down, so now I can uh, I'll get my stuff out and I'll start going through your questions. So while I get that out of my pocket, um, let's hit the intro music. This piece of fiction is the intro to distraction. This piece of fiction is the intro to distraction. This piece of fiction is the intro to distraction. This piece of fiction is the intro to distraction. Right. Right. Here we are. What, what I've done is I've... Uh, when I get these Ask Pip posts on Facebook, I like the ones I think are good and I'm going to try and get around to answering. And that kind of normally puts them to the top. It puts them in a random order, but towards the top. And then what I've done is I've screenshotted a load of them because I knew I was in France, so I might not be able to to get a signal or on my on my page. So let's begin. I'm going to start with a really simple one from Gareth Lamb. What are you up to in France? Um, I touched upon that in the intro. I'm doing a film out here. Um, it's really good fun. I'm really enjoying it. I had the first down set. As I recalled this, my first down set was, was yesterday. I've got a couple of weeks out here. Um, it's an amazing location. It's in the, the middle of nowhere. This amazing, um, like, what's the name of big, like, a mansion type estate. This amazing estate. Um, and it's this old building. It's all, the, the, the sets look amazing. The script is really f- f- funny. I won't go into tons of details on it, but a lot of the characters have the same name. 
and I'm one of the characters that has the same name. So they have descriptions instead. And mine is described as a hipster. And with my first day on set yesterday, I was hugely disappointed at what a short amount of time it took hair and makeup to transform me into a hipster. Because I swear I'm not a hipster, but apparently I blatantly am. So there's that. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm doing a, f- a film out here. And I said, staying in this tiny, tiny little town called Mellow. And yeah, the there's no there's nowhere to eat or drink or get anything. If we get back to the hotel in time, the crazy hotel manager will make us some food of his choosing. Um, <laughs> he's literally got there last night and he was like, you, you want some food? We're like, yeah, expecting a menu. And he just, just brought some food out. So, oh, all right, thank you. Um, my room has got three beds and an upstairs. It's really odd. Anyway, I'm giving you a lot too much information. I'm excited to be here, so I'm rambling. Let's get on to the next one. Kane. James McMillan, do you scout new artists? No, I don't. Um, a lot of you will know I've got a record label called Speech Development Records. A lot of you won't know. It's literally just me. I've not got some big infrastructure or big big budgets or anything like that. So the point of the label at the moment, if I really, if we release anything more, is just to release records of people I'm already down with and already associated with. So the POS album came out this year and that was amazing because i've been i worked with pos on my solo record but i've been a fan of him for a long time and his new record came out digitally in america at the beginning of the year and i happened to be out in america and i was listening to it constantly and then he hit me up out of the blue and asked if i wanted to release it in the uk which i really did because it's it's my album of the year so yeah it's things like that in general i don't particularly intend to release anything else um because yeah it's just me and i'm really busy and there's been a few records vinyls annoyed me if i'm honest i'm a big fan with i'm proud that we release everything on vinyl since we started as a proper label that is and just it's become hugely unreliable i've worked a few times with a company called disc wizards who have just been shit and just meant that my releases have come out a month late two months late and if i can't do something well or reliably like if that's out of my control i'd rather not do it so yeah i don't know what the the plan is there but as i said it's just i've, I've got i've got amy who runs this the social media she's i post pictures of her and my godchildren every now and then so, but, but that's kind of that's my staff like someone helping out on the social media is about it um but yeah so no i'm i'm not i'm not I'm looking to sign anyone. I'm not scouting anyone. In general, if I have new acts that are coming up, I explain to them that I can't do what is needed for a new act. I can't... They need a big push and they need a lot of focus. And I'm not I'm not the guy for that at the moment. Oh, another a, a, a lorry coming past. I think it's the one that went past on the way here. Let's let him go. Or I could pretend to answer a really important question. Yep, he thinks I look mental. As I sit on a rock with a mobile recorder. Oh, he's pulling up. Oh, shit. I hope he's not going to give me any tr- any trouble. Why is he stopping? This could get strange. Hopefully it won't. Yeah, I've got this recorder that's got like just a red, a fuzzy head on that looks like a troll's head. So it looks like a troll. Oh, he's stopping to wee on his tyre let's ignore that then um, Tim Sermon uh, well, when is Taboo coming back and 
worst toilets at a gig. I don't know about the the toilets. I guess it'll be a festival. They're always or often quite bad. When's Taboo coming back? I don't know. I know we're shooting it next year. We've got a, a second season. I've been optioned for a second season. So, yeah, that's exciting. Kenny Morrison, think you could get Rogan on your podcast. I'd like to. I say to people a lot, I have a lot of people request... I mean, I'm, I think this question comes up a bit, so I'll, tr- I'll try not to repeat myself, but I have a lot of people request guests, and the best way often to request guests to me is to request them to them. When I had Chris, Chris Jericho on, he said how people had kept saying to him, it, it, it needs to come on distraction pieces and chat to Scroobius Pip, so that makes a difference. I, again, the, the podcast as well, this is me being... It's, it, it sounds like I'm all, all worries me, but... The podcast is the same as the label. It's just me. I've not got a team of bookers. I've not got this crazy book of industry contact details. I've got the same access as you guys. Um, obviously, I've met a few people over the years, so I've got access in that way. But if it's not someone who I'm close with, all I can do is t- is tweet them or Instagram them or Facebook them. So, yeah, there's that. Right. I jumped to that. Now I'm going to go on to earlier ones so rob taylor besides your own do you recommend any other decent podcasts i do there's a new section hopefully you've heard it um i'm all sniffly i'm so sorry but i'm in the middle of the french countryside and it's a bit chilly at the end of the podcast i've got a new thing called pips pod picks and the way i've done is i've recorded a load and they should just rotate so the first five should be rotating until the end of the year, I think, and then there'll be a new five rotating. So hopefully you'll get a different a recommendation each time. So yeah, have a listen there, and I'll recommend a load of podcasts to you. Mike West, do you think... Oh, he's had his wee. Do you think the re- relying on the kindness of strangers tour that helped your career would be feasible in the modern music scene and how independent musicians can create a fan base in this day and age? Um... Yeah, I do. I should explain that for, for those who don't know. At the start of my career, I did a thing called the Relying on the Kindness of Strangers tour, and that involved m- m- making a load of flyers that had, had fake quotes on them from people s- that I'd made up saying how great I am. At that point, I'd never done a single gig, and no one had really heard my music. Um, and I just toured the country living in my van, and, or a 1987 sp- space cruiser, and played on str- street corners and open mics. And yeah did kind of kick things off there was loads of of zero success it was a great experience for giving me confidence and throwing myself in at the deep end um but yeah I'd, i think that works in any day and age i think it'd work more now because you could actually uh, keep in contact with people better because of all the different social medias and there's a lot more ways that you could document it and post about it all i had was was myspace that was the one then and yeah the fact is all that tour was about it wasn't anything genius it was just about actually getting off your ass and doing it and committing to it rather than this isn't an attack rather than asking people a watch a what should i do it was going oh i'll try this and i've always been a big fan of that in all areas of my career rather than saying oh how'd you get here just going and trying it or how'd you do that just going and trying and and trying to find out so rather than asking the question kind of seeing if you can just find the answer immediately another car that thinks i'm talking into a troll so yeah that's kind of my advice there just getting out there and doing it i think it's completely doable and i think 
even more so in this day and age as said because it's easier for, for people to find you after they've seen you the fact is i did it and a lot of the time i might have made a good impact but if they've forgotten my name i made a point of having f- f- flyers with me that had my myspace page on on things like that to try and give people somewhere to find me but again it's easy easy to, to forget but it's easier to find people these days so yeah i reckon it's well doable james dodds your rhythmic tapping to help with your stutter helped me a lot in being calm in convers- conversations oh this is it's just a little thank you on there yeah it, I, I i didn't invent that i i get a lot of love for that i did a youtube video called stutter about my stutter and in it i um I mentioned a tapping technique to to control a stutter, and I was just told that by a bassist in the in Poeticat's band. Um, and yeah, it seems to work. I like it. Le- Liam McShane, what are your thoughts on McGregor's latest activities when he stormed the octagon and attacked Mark Goddard and a Bellator official? Um, I think it's fucking embarrassing, and Connor is just. He's embarrassing himself at the moment, man. I know for years a lot of it has been an act, but I think it's got past that, and I don't think he realises anymore. It also says there that the Goddard would be an amazing guest, and he would. And me and Mark have been talking for a long time about that. Mark was the trainer when I did a course on MMA, a refereeing and judging, um, and he's he's one of the best the best refs in the world at the moment, and he. In this incident, I thought he handled it amazingly. He was calm, controlled. But Connor was storming in there in, in an event that he wasn't part of. He was pushing people onto an injured fighter and just being out of control. And it was it's embarrassing. I think Connor has done amazing things and changed the game, but it doesn't give you a, a free pass to do what you want and act like a prick. I've called him out previously on social media i've also just to make it clear i've praised him a lot but i think you've got to hold as much hold your the people you like to as as stringent rules as the people you dislike and connor's an example of that i called him out because he he used the word faggot a lot in um in a backstage clip and that's bullshit grow up mate you're better than that and then this yeah but yeah i think he needs he needs to have a he needs to have a sit down and a time out and think about what he's done. <laughs> Stuart Bramley, uh, when you were touring, what was the best takeaway you had, mate? Don't talk about takeaways when I'm in a town that hasn't got anywhere that delivers any food or that I can walk to to get food. It's tough. It's, it's tough out here on the streets. Um, I was always a Pizza Hut or Papa John's fan. Um, I eat a lot of Domino's, but in my town of Stanfordly Hope, the only pizza place that delivers to me is Domino's. So every time I'd get to a town and I could have a pizza hut delivered, I was hugely excited. So, uh, yeah, it's not an exciting story or revelation there, but they were my they were my ones. Oh, no, when we were in Dublin recently, we had, what's it called, the meat, the meat wagon or something? Uh, we had food that delivered there. Mm-hmm me chris and Stu. i'm sure we talk about it on the live on the dublin live podcast but that was amazing a lot of mma questions at the start i'll 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 get get them out of the way quickly robert samuel rock pip do you think bisping is daft for accepting the gasoline fight coming off a loss to gsp at the start of the month then jumping straight back into the auction at the end of the month and that's not an easy 
far easier. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Cheers. Um, just first of all, I think Bisping is daft anyway. I'm not a hater at all, but he's another one who's dropped the word faggot in arguments and stuff publicly at UFC events. And it's, it's embarrassing. It's fucking embarrassing. Particularly, I mean, you mentioned him coming back, or, or GSP coming back. G- G- GSP is an icon in MMA, and one of the things that made him so amazing was he's always been polite and controlled and calm and just, yeah, amazing. And then you've got people acting how Bisping acts, and it's embarrassing. But yeah, I think that aside, I think it's a bad move. And I think I think it shouldn't particularly be allowed. If he'd just got choked out against GSP, I'd say maybe all right. Because what a lot of people don't know is choking out is fine. To be choked unconscious in an MMA match, it's not pleasant. You wake up kind of feeling like a confused baby. But um, there's no long-term damage. Whereas blows to the head, there is long-term damage. And that needs recovery time. And Bisping wasn't just choked out. He was rocked then mounted and elbowed repeatedly and then choked out. So that concerns me that he's going into another fight so soon after that. But that's not me saying he's, what was the thing, daft for doing that. I just think it's unsafe. So yeah, that concerns me. I don't I don't like the idea of that. Regardless of who the opponent is even, G- Gastelum is great. But I just think that's a bad move because health should be paramount and those who aren't into MMA will be going oh, what do you mean the health was paramount you're beating each other up honestly it's a sport that outside of these unique instances is the referees are there to protect the fighters it was a great thing a, a Rafael Sanchez fight at the weekend I was glad Paul Felder who I think is a fantastic addition to the commentary team um, he highlighted it because Sanchez knocked a guy out and often, you know, in the heat of the moment, they'll swarm because you have to keep going until the ref stops you. And he jumped on top of him and was flying through the air with a hammer fist, realised the guy was clearly out and stopped the hammer fist about a centimetre away from his face. And to show that restraint and control, I thought was fantastic. And it shows that it's a sport, it's a contest, it's not about brutality and all that kind of thing. But I won't go on about that anymore because I know a lot of you aren't into MMA, but... I am. I think it's great. Jessica Lightnow. Oh, what time am I at? Yeah, I'm all good. I can go for longer. I've only been going for 20 minutes, for God's sake. Um, is the struggle meant to be entirely from the perspective of Johnny Depp, or is it your own perspective? Or maybe something entirely different? Um, I can't help but wonder. I don't like explaining lyrics. I think it's more fun to leave them to interpretation, but, but, but that's one I get asked about a lot. And I've explained it, it once or twice in the past, so why not? Um, that song isn't particularly about... Johnny Depp. My general answer online when people say, why do you choose Johnny Depp? I say it's because he's a serial killer. But that doesn't seem as funny and amusing anymore because of the recent domestic violence charges. And I'll talk about domestic violence later on in the podcast because it's something that I've written songs about. But I also think, again, as all it's, it's nuanced. Um, it's wrong. 100% it's wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to be trying to fight anyone's corner here. But yeah, I decided that isn't as funny a, a response every time because there's some darkness going on in his life at the moment. But um, it's just about c- celebrity and the way we hold celebrities. We we project them to a life that isn't anything like normal life. Then we hold them to the standards of normal life. And that's weird. We'll, we'll praise them as 
geniuses and the most handsome person in the world or the best person in the world and we will expect that to not change the way they look at things or treat people or act and I think that's odd I think it's understandable that people go on a bender sometimes or go out of control or sleep with loads of people or whatever else because it's not the life that again it's not excusing anything but it's understanding and the the reason I wrote the, the struggle then was as most things I feel the best way to make an example of something is to take it to an extreme so I wrote about someone who's an actor who can't get any kicks or, or buzzes anymore has nothing to look up to because he's what everyone looks up to and starts to get his kicks from m- murder that's obviously taken it to a hell of an extreme but yeah that's that's the point of that it's not actually about Johnny it's not really about me um it's a entirely from your own perspective or no, sorry or is, is some of it f- f- from your own perspective not really I, i've not achieved that level of fame that anything's changed particularly much i think anything i've done that's bad i can't use i wouldn't want to use anything as an excuse um other than humanity right andrew mclean reed given the recent sex scandals do you think that the creative industries are more prone to these abuses or is it that they're are more high profile so we hear more about them creative types are generally more liberal or lefty so why the poor attitude to women in acting and music etc um as a proponent of a variety of art forms i reckon you may have more informed views than us us muggles i don't have particularly more informed views um but i don't think it's particularly much worse um i think you're right i think there is just more exposure i think with absolute power corrupts absolutely it's that kind of thing and there's there's degrees along that way uh we're seeing it in, in, in westminster a lot at the moment with a lot of stuff there i guarantee there's a hell of a lot of it in offices with bosses and managers and people of power exposing uh, exploiting their position but yeah i've i uh, i think it's a tough one um uh, there was another question on this let me just try and find it so i can talk about all of them at once because i don't want to Oh, here we go, yeah. Peter Stewart asked, were you aware of the domestic violence allegations against Michael Fassbender before inviting him onto your show? Um, And then there's a a, a backup one there. So I'll I'll address that first. I wasn't aware, but I have been been made aware since. And I've looked into them a bit. And domestic violence, or domestic incidents, are always a really tough one if there's only one incident on record. Number one... And again, just to make it clear, I am not excusing anything at all. I think anyone who hits a woman or in any of these these situations, it's unacceptable. But right, number one, I think everyone is fallible. Everyone is capable of doing horrific things in a moment and doing amazing things in a moment. I don't believe, I don't have the the belief that mankind, um, um, and me and Chris talk about this a lot, is when someone does something horrible... I never find it excusable, but I can always see how it's still quite human, and I don't think it helps us to make these people into to monsters because they're not monsters; they're just people who've done something horrible, and that's scarier, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, on domestic incidences, there's that's such an intimate and intense a, a, a situation that if we've only got two sides of a story that are conflicting, and with the Michael Fassbender one, it was dropped, and again we don't know anything there we can easily say and it's completely viable that it was dropped because of a payoff or because of pressure but it could be dropped because either side went oh actually in the cold light of day it wasn't as bad as it seemed or this or that or emotions 
a wahai and things like that so it's a tough one so so what i'm trying to say is even if i did know i don't think i would have bought it up because that's if i if i got harvey weinstein in front of me i bring stuff up because it's multiple offenses and multiple things um but if i've got someone who seems to have one thing there it's a tough one i don't know if it's my place um i'm not a journalist again there's another question that will make me me touch upon that but um i'm not a journalist i'm there to have conversations i had someone recently hit me up saying um on the fastbender one in fact he said he didn't enjoy it and it's been one of the most popular ones it was one of my my favorites but he said he didn't enjoy it because it was just talking about his new film and i said well no we talked about like some of my favorite films of his fish tank and shame and got some amazing insights was like yeah but it was all just about his films i was like well I'm a big fan of his films, so if I've got a limited amount of time with someone, I'm going to talk about that. It's like, yeah, but I would have wanted to hear just about some banter and stuff like that. And I was like, well, I, I mean, again, it's like, well, I asked him what he does outside of outside of work, and he talked about F1 and skiing, and I'm not into them, but I am really into his films and films in general and acting. So I was excited to talk about that. But yeah, what I was explaining to the person was, I have people on to talk about the stuff I'm excited about and into. I want them to enjoy it. I don't. I turn people down all the time if I don't feel I'm into them. If they're not not something I'm about. I've had a few recently, some huge names. I won't say because people will always read it as insulting. But if I happen to not be into someone's music, doesn't mean it's shit. It means it's not to my taste. So regardless of if they're a big name or not, I don't think I'm the right person to talk to them. So yeah that's that's fastbender i guess um i didn't know about it but i don't know if i would have brought it up because i think things like that we love public trial but there's there are rules and regulations in place and things have to be we have to have a little bit of faith in that right so if it went to court and then that was elected by those involved to not go to court or or to settle outside of court then that's not my business um but that brings us on to the next one and this is something i've not talked about and it's going to be a bit awkward and weird but a rostellani added to that in a similar sort of light were you aware of the allegations made against itch of the king blues before working with him slash his show been on my mind a while um it seemed pertinent to to bring up in the light of recent things with other rock stars and musicians and so on and so forth. Right, um, this is one that, again, it's weird. I'm not going to go into tons of detail because I'm, I'm not a fan of this kind of trial by by, by media or by public. Uh, when I had it, John, I've known it for years, I need to put in here. Despite that, I don't believe in any bros before hoes type bullshit. But as I said, equally, I don't believe in public trial. So I didn't know about the allegations, and I don't want to highlight it or push anyone in any direction, but there are blogs that were written about Itch, and there was a counter-blog written by Itch. So if you're going to read anything, read all. Um, Or a counter-blog or or counter-post, I'm not sure. I wasn't aware of any of that when we did the podcast, or when we the King Blues did one album or an EP on on Speech Development Records. Um during that release so after the release had started and all we did was was one ep with one video and that was all we ever kind of agreed to do while that was out a few people highlighted it to me um and i responded to them and said look i don't know anything about this 
it sounds like something that needs a legal a, a resolution, either to stop slander against itch or to stop you know crimes or abuse committed by itch um and i said to these people uh if there's any way i can help more than happy to give any assistance um but yeah it's not my place to do a private investigation because because i'm not an investigator i can't find things out how much else should i mention I, I, i mean i will just say that recently i've been contacted by someone who I believe was trying to look into it and I said to them I don't have any information I'm aware of but keep my contact details and if you feel I can help down the line because I believe if there's anything I can help with it'll either help clear Itch's name or expose someone who I don't think is a bad guy to be a bad guy because we don't really know people Um, but yeah I won't say too much more on that because it's not my business I will say that when these allegations started to come through I sent an email to Itch and his management and said, I think this needs to be addressed and needs to be... Even if it's just to me, I need to know what's going on here. Although, again, I don't believe in public me doing some sneaky investigation. I'm still not just going to ignore it because it's someone I know. So I confronted Itch over, over emailing it and he explained his side and said what his plans were. And I believe that was before he made his public s- statement. I, uh, just to be clear, I'm not... S- implying in any way that it prompted his public statement i'm sure he was going through it already um and yeah so that's that i didn't i wasn't aware of that but equally it's it's an odd one i don't believe in any kind of you've got to give your friends the benefit of the doubt nah you've got to give anyone the benefit of the doubt because of the whole innocent until proven guilty but again domestic is tough i think it's easier with um the weinstein type type thing where there's multiple people and it's not an intimate relationship it's a work relationship that's been inappropriately used also i should highlight as well actually because that that's what i was going to say on the last one this is how we got from the struggle i think there's nuances to all of it i did a kind of post about this but again i don't want to post about it much online because it's i can't add anything of worth but um all of the stuff going on at the moment there's nuances man um and we need to be we're going to need to become more and more aware of these nuances because it, 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 if, if we put everyone in the same boat, it, it lessens those who've done more horrific things. Um, and Harvey Weinstein, if the allegations of actual rape and stuff like that are true, that's a different place to, to Louis C.K. asking if it's okay if he masturbates and then masturbating in front of people. Both are fucked up and wrong, in my opinion. But they're still different. Things can be horrific, but different levels of horrific. We don't have to bunch them all into one place. And we don't. And by acknowledging the nuances and differences, it's not condoning any. But the other thing is, there's a difference between being a piece of shit and being a criminal, or being a sleaze and being a, a criminal. And in, in, in music, in all these industries, basically, I've seen a few things recently where people say there was. I think there was a wrestling promoter or something. And people said that he was, he cheated a lot and was promiscuous and used his position of power to do that. And whilst I'm not a fan of people cheating, I think that's shitty. I don't think that's anyone else's business. I think people on every level of life do that. And equally, I don't believe, I believe the only roles where you have any 
duty of care at teachers and the, the and doctors and stuff like that obviously it's different i'm not when you're looking at certain um, musicians over the years with underage people let's be clear that's wrong they're underage the reason it's wrong is they're underage but i don't think there's anything wrong with it's not for me and this this wasn't my way but again i, I think we're too quick to ju- judge people a single a musician on tour is sleeping with a different person every night it's a band it's a musician on tour that that sh- shit happens i don't think there's it may not be acceptable it's even worse and, I, and again i've toured a lot i've seen a lot of bands cheating on their partners and stuff like that and that's sh- shitty but i don't think it's anyone's business and it's it's not a crime um i've also seen people when i worked in hmv cheating on their partners and that's no different in my opinion um yeah I, uh, again p- p- people argue y- yeah but you're in a position of awe and a position of power in that way N- no more than the cool kids at school who had the girls fancy them and might have abused that or the the sports star at school or whatever else it's kind of i think those there's a again there's a difference between being like oh i don't like that and that's unacceptable and disgraceful you could not agree with something i'm just talking myself in circles here so i'll get off that tenth subject but actually that's what i will say we will bring some of this up on the christmas drunk cast because I want to discuss it when there's a woman in the room. I've heard all of this stuff discussed a lot between men recently, and that's fine. It's a discussion that has to happen on, on, on many levels, but I'd much rather it happens when, you know, yeah, the the percentage, the ratio of penises isn't isn't one to one. But yeah, I mean, to be clear, that's that's men and women, you know, um, in in music. Oh some cars in music and in and or in entertainment in general and in man i've seen it in the workplace as well who choose to be promiscuous or whatever else or cheat and those things aren't you it's fine for you to not agree with that but that's again they're the ones that aren't aren't a crime and it's not anyone else's business as such anyway probably dug myself in big holes tom cullen <laughs> you know the second verse in development you don't do because it's straight garbage did that really exist and did you ever perform it as part of a song poem at any stage yeah that the, on my first ever ep thing that only my mates ever got that uh, 76 who produces uh hardcore listing he's got c- copies of it um there was a song called screw rap and that was probably the first thing i ever wrote and it was me beatboxing into a loop pedal a loop in it and rapping over the top i look so so, so mental talking into a troll's head um yeah, and that was the first verse of that became the first verse of development, and the se- the second verse I thought was shit, so I rewrote it, and that's how our development kind of c- c- came about. Um, I think is it Screw Rap? I think it was. I don't think it's anything on my solo on no commercial breaks, so I think it was that. I think that's how that went. Dan Buttery, you're welcome to paraphrase this. Bearing in mind you've said that your songs don't come from personal experience, how do we act to the fact that they speak to people on a very personal level? You will see me helped, and still helps me deal with a very difficult breakup. The question, I suppose, is how do you feel when fans put such weight on what you release? Well, Dan, there's a slight misinterpretation there. Everything I write is from personal experience, but nothing I write is a true story, except for one song um, called Cowboy. 
Now, let me explain that. I draw from personal experience, but I always felt uncomfortable and cheap. Just kind of, if something really bad's happened to me or a friend or anything, to put that in a song, and and, because I make money off my music. That's the bit that feels odd. So I'll draw from personal experience and then write a fictional story. So most of the emotion is real. Again, in general, like you will see me as a great example. I wrote that for a good friend of mine in reality, who had gone through a horrible, horrible breakup. Now, I drew from multiple previous relationships of mine. And again, I like that as a, as a, as a, as a method. So you don't feel you're kind of cheapening something or cashing in on a, something that at one point in your life meant a lot. Um, I enjoy that as a kind of, I'll draw from multiple different relationships and turn it into a story as if it's one. And that's kind of how I write. So yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm happy when people I relate to it. I mean, I, like happy is a tough word because most of my songs are depressing as fuck. So if you relate to it, you're going for a rough time. So I'm not happy, but um, it's kind of nice to realise that other people have gone gone through these things and see what clicks. So yeah, it's pretty cool. James Alexander McLeod. Now you work within the acting industry. Do you feel pressure to have certain p- p- political persuasions? Hello, sir. I'm gonna I'm gonna pause my pod I'm gonna pause the question here on my podcast. Come over and chat. Um, I've just been jogged past by by, by Officer Number One in the film we're making at the moment. It was Adam, right? We only met briefly yes. yesterday. How are you yeah, doing? Yeah. I'm quite tired. I've just been for a run because uh, you know I like to keep my body at peak physical condition. peak physical condition is the way. Yeah, my body is a temple. I've, I've, I'm, I'm recording a little extra podcast I do, and I've been been telling them about this crazy town of Mello that there's li- oh, you, you were telling us yesterday. There's literally nothing here. I can't explain quite how little there is. I, I walked for ten <laughs> minutes earlier and got to a cash machine, and the cash machine wasn't working. And I was like, <laughs> I, I give up. Then I thought, oh, I found a cash machine because even though there's nothing to spend it on, I felt I'd be more comfortable if I've got a tenner in my pocket. Yeah, sure. Just so you know. It's nice if something happens, liquid. I've got something, but yeah, had nothing. The so. cash machine's broken, is it? Yeah, the cash machine's broken, or oh, yeah. that's what I got in my limited <laughs> French. I put a card in and a cross came up. I don't know if it just didn't accept English cards. It does yeah, like you, yeah. It was strange. But yeah, it's been good, isn't it? So, far. so you've been on this, I've not told them too much about the project, because obviously I never know what you can, but amazing location, right? It's an incredible location, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chateau Chambly is, is beautiful, and up on a hill with fantastic views all yeah. around. Um, and the uh, crew are doing their best to make it look like a, uh, a spooky haunted house, actually. It's amazing. It? That's what excited me yesterday, was I loved the script anyway, but seeing the, the tone of the location, like, um, colours-wise and style-wise, it made me think of, of what we do in the shadows, and loads of just really good kind of odd indie horror comedy type films almost which I hadn't got that from the script particularly no. so it's exciting to get it, there and go oh wow this is it's bordering on Scooby Doo yeah times, yeah completely which, which completely. I love which yeah. I love I just got a little bit lost incidentally and found myself in an old abandoned quarry oh which wow. was really Scooby Doo um, I, I walked yeah. up that way to try and find somewhere to sit to do the pod but again this is such a weird town there's not really any benches anywhere or anything. No I walked, benches. there was a the lovely field the mm. pavements just stop everywhere the roads stop everywhere See, so, yeah, I walked up there and then thought, well, I saw a rock to sit on back there, so I'll go back and sit there. But I'll let you, you get back to your this, run. This, this bearded six foot something gnome I've, sitting I've, on a. I've, I've been telling people that the, the, the windstopper I've got just looks like a troll doll. So, cars driving past, I'm just talking to a toy troll. 
and I look absolutely insane. It does look like that, but you know what? In a foreign tongue as well. Yeah. <laughs> After a week and a half on this project, yeah, I wasn't remotely surprised. <laughs> well, perfect. I'll let you get back to your run. And are you in today? I'm in later on, yes. I'm in later yeah. on as well, so I'll see yeah. you in there. I'll see you there. Have Pleasure. Fun. I'll see you in a bit, Ben. <laughs> well, that was a nice, a nice little interruption. <laughs> right, um, so, yeah, the question was, James Alex McLeod, now you work within the acting industry, did, did, do you feel pressure to have certain political persuasions or views on certain topics? Do you think it would you, you, you would find it difficult to get roles if you didn't? Also, do you hear the sort of rumours you are now being exposed to within the industry? On the rumours front, I haven't heard shit. And I think if anyone follows me on social media, you'll know that I wouldn't be a good person to talk to about that shit around because I'm not... Oh, no, I would be a good person to because... Fuck you, I ain't keeping quiet about stuff like that. It's, n- it's nonsense. Um, although I've just said that I don't believe in public trial. Anyway, on the pol- political stuff, not at all, man. I've had a career for 10 years before getting into this. So I can't hide from my views and opinions. I've been v- very outspoken in the past on numerous topics and subjects. So the beauty of that is anyone that's, that's bringing me into a project, I don't feel any any pressure to be anything other than me. They've they will have brought me in because they've enjoyed my audition and me and yeah I don't know they'll they'll get what they've they'll get what they fucking asked for um but yeah I will say I'm I'm, I'm loving it hang on there was a question that that relates to this dum, 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 dum. I'm trying to I've half read these and I'm trying to tie tie some together when it feels right but I want to credit people when they have asked it hang on no I don't know where that's gone I must have not taken a picture of that one someone asked uh, when I got the acting bug and if it was just it's just happened now and I'm jumping on it when I took on the name Scroobius Pip I took on the name oh someone else asked asked what my name means I took on the name Scroobius Pip because it's from an Edward Lear poem and it's about a creature that wakes up in the jungle I've explained this numerous times and doesn't know what it is and he goes with a fish for a bit and you realise it isn't a fish it goes with the lions for a bit realise it isn't a lion and then decides it is a scroobius pip now that, that that resonated with me because at the time I was working in a record store I was also doing a lot of street art I was trying to make sh- make write and make and act in sh- short films with my mates I was, I was rapping I was doing sp- spoken word and I was doing photography so it was that that thing of going right I can be all of these things I don't have to be one thing and that's what's been nice in this acting thing is a lot of people have asked how the transition has been and I've never really seen it as a transition I'm just continuing to do stuff that's interesting all the while that I was doing music I had like a period where I had a a film night at the Prince Charles cinema and I've had my We Are Lizards club night for ages which actually when you listen to this it might be might not have happened yet so so the last one of the years November 25th at the book club come on down yeah, and I was, you know, I had my radio show, or 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 I was doing the graphic, the, the 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 graphic novel of poetry, and just all sorts of things like that. I've always kind of tried to not tag myself anywhere, and I slipped out of it. I, I, it took me longer to go into acting than I'd planned, and it took Simon Pegg and Riz Ahmed and Nick Frost continually s- s- saying to me. When are you going to start acting? So, so Nick and Simon, no, Nick and Riz are in a little viral advert that me and Dan did for our second album. 
all shot in banquet records in Kingston. And both of them, as I said, f- f- from then, I remember I remember on that day, Riz specifically saying, so, so when you start acting, bro? And their argument was always, you know, in that angry song, you know when you perform that on stage, you know you're not actually angry. You know, you know you're acting. And you, and you, you know in that music video, you, you know when you've got that emotional bit, you know you're not actually emotional, that's acting. And they just kind of kept on at me, and that's what... That's what's j- j- jumped me to where I am today, and man, I love it. I can't get enough. I'm I'm so excited about all the potential things in the future. Um, people often I've probably answered this before, but I was, I was discussing this with some of the cast yesterday. People often ask like, like, "What's your dream role?" And obviously, there's things like I love Marvel, I love Peaky Blinders, things like that. But the thing I'm loving about this interview is the dream role turns up on your desk every. F- few weeks and you'd never heard of it before then and taboo's a prime example of that uh, when i got taboo i'd gone in, in 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 for a meeting with this particular casting director and she'd said i like you for game of thrones and for taboo and for one other thing and I'd, i've never heard of the other two i was like i'm up for game of thrones oh let's make that happen and then i heard about taboo and they sent the details and it's stephen knight and ridley scott and tom hardy and stephen graham so again, yeah, that's what that's what excites me about this industry is all the the stuff that is is round the corner. Like next year, I've no idea what next year holds. I've auditioned for some stuff. I've got a script I'm trying to get made. Um, I know Taboo's coming again at some point, but other than that, it's a mystery. This year, I've done t- two films that I didn't know anything about at the beginning of the year, and there might be another little thing that I might, I might be doing before the end of the year I'm waiting to hear on it's mad I love it anyway Graham Clark um I loved when you gave us the backing track of yours to put our own lyrics over have you any plans to do it the other way around so, so we can build a track w- with your vocals I'm not particularly no we did that for the 10 year anniversary of that should always kill um and it went down a treat uh yeah but no particular plans. I don't have any of that stuff. I have people ask me all the time, but I don't have a folder of acapellas. Dan will have somewhere. Maybe, maybe me and Dan should put up an album of beats and an album of acapellas available separately at a low price because I think we should fucking charge. <laughs> like, well, why not? It, like, we put a lot of time into that stuff. It's nice to give stuff away for free, but I give you a podcast every week for free, so I'm fine with saying, let's make a few quid off this. But yeah, I don't know, I'll think on that. That might have pissed a lot of people off as I said that, but fuck it. Tom Scott, as far as I understand, you enjoy rock, punk and metal, etc. Do you see yourself having musicians from these genres on the podcast anytime soon? I'm not a huge Limp Bizkit fan, but really enjoyed the Wes Borland episodes. So did I, man. And you got a, if you've missed them, you got a can I've listened to the Frank Carter episode, the Frank Turner episode, the Billy Bragg episode. Um, I've had a decent amount of, of rock people on, um, but I do plan to have more. C- C- Cedric Bixler about the driving and Travis Barker of everything um, are two that I've come close numerous times, and we chat, and we they're both up for it, and we. we we want to make it happen, but it's a case of being in different countries. Again, what a lot of people don't realise is it's n- n- number one, I have to be able to contact the person and they have to be up for it. Number two, 
we have to be in the same place at the same time and I live a busy life and they all live, live busy lives that's what makes them such desirable guests to me um, but yeah I'm going to try and have, C- have Cedric on in the new year and Travis Travis I had lined up twice this year and it just sl- slipped through our fingers each time and each time he's hit me up about it which is dope because I love Travis Barker he's a dude um, who else do I plan to have on musician wise I'd love to have Danny Loner on He's going to take some convincing, though. He's one of my favourite people in the world, of Nine Inch Nails and of Perfect Circle and all these other amazing things. Um, and he produced Introduction, and I, I love him dearly, and he's got the best stories, but he's not the biggest fan of the idea of coming and sitting and doing a podcast. But I'll, I'll twist his arm at some point. Tom Morello, I kind of talked to a few times about coming on. This was a year or so ago, and it didn't, it didn't um, evolve. But yeah, I definitely plan to have more. But again, it's all... So much of this is down to chance as much as, if not more, than desire or want. It's timing, it's who's about and who who works. Jean Grey, the other week, is a prime example of that. That's three years in, and she was on my first original list of people. Like, literally in the first ten people I wrote down to have on the podcast. And I got round to having her on 178th... I think so. Yeah, is what it is. Sometimes, my man. Shall I start to round things up? Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Here we go. I'll end on this one, and I will also say I'm going to do a, a part two of this because there's a load I've not got round to. It might be a shorter one. I don't know. But um, go and find that that post on Facebook, and you might have time to add a question that gets answered. Um, okay, memoir Shay, I believe that's pronounced. Do you have any recurring or nightmares? Any nightmares recurring or otherwise that haunt you? I do. I wonder when others also do. How do they fight the anxiety? Um, I don't have, have regular ones, but I do. I have had some horrible uh, ones in the past. It's weird how nightmares can completely ruin your day. I've suffered from insomnia a lot. I talk about this all the time. Um, I've had a, had a lot of that recently, actually. I've had... A few things just playing on my mind and, st- and, st- and, st- and, st- and stressing me out, and that often contributes to my insomnia. Um, one of the reasons for anything I can call success is are my personality traits, and they're also the reasons for a lot of my stresses and problems and troubles. Um, I I overthink things a lot and I overanalyze things a lot, and I hold myself to a very high standard work-wise and things like that and that has achieved a lot that's the reason i get a lot of stuff done and the reason i'm so driven at times but it's also the reason i lay awake at night and go so what have i actually done this year yeah i've done some podcasts and i've done a couple of films but the script i've written i've written a script it's really good but it's not being made yet why isn't it being made yet and things like that, do you know what I mean? Like ridiculous standards to, to, to hold yourself to. And worrying about friends and family and loved ones and this weird world that we live in. Um, but yeah, I'm quite good. I advise, uh, as someone t- t- tweeted me the other day saying, it's 1am, I've got insomnia. Have you got any advice? I know you, you, you suffer from it. I said to him, it was a Saturday night, and I said you working tomorrow and he was like nah 
And I said, well, it's not a problem then. Do you know what I mean? It's, 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 it all becomes a, a bigger deal than it is or with insomnia. I think often the biggest thing, because the reality is I can be absolutely f- fine on a few hours sleep. So the reality is if, if I just accept it and sling the TV on or pop some music on or do s- something else, I'll drift off at some point. And it's it's not the end of the world. Whereas if I, I lay there all night going, oh God, I need to get to sleep, then I'll overthink stuff and have a horrible time. So that's my advice. Now on the dream front, it's tough, man. I've known a lot of people that have, have suffered hugely from night terrors and horrific things, and it can develop a real fear of going to sleep and not wanting to be asleep. And I can't even I I can't solve that. I wish I could, but I would say there's plenty of times you don't have horrible night terrors and horrible recurring nightmares and there's plenty of times that you have lovely ones or even every time you've had bad ones you've woken up and been all right so you know some solace in that i think we can strive to take control a little bit i think if we go to bed fearing what is to come in our dreams then it's more likely to find something bad if you go to bed thinking of cool shit then it's more 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 likely to influence it. Or go to bed thinking of proper dirty shit. Like just go to bed thinking of real sexy filth, um, and you're likely to end up in a better place. And if you go to bed thinking, "Ah, oh, this is going to be bad," because it is all in our heads. It's our heads. It's our minds. So if you go to bed thinking of great adventures and the fun you're going to have, it might it might influence that. It doesn't always. I can't. I said I've not got a solution. I did have a recurring dream for years as a child, which I found out. Uh, when I had hypnosis at about the age of, ooh, I can't think, 12 or 13, that's how I found out that I got my stutter on cue um, from almost drowning as a kid. And it's also where I found out that that's what my recurring dream was about. Because I had this recurring dream that a witch was coming upstairs. Um, I forget about this all the time. I had someone mention it on Facebook or something at once. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then it clicked. But I had this recurring dream that a witch was coming up my stairs in my mum and dad's house I was in my bedroom it's in the living room it's coming up the stairs and I was trying to scream out to my mum and dad and I couldn't scream and no words were coming out and it turns out this person theorized is that comes from when I was a kid and almost drowned I was trying to scream to my mum and dad who were on the beach and waves were going in my mouth so each time I went to scream just and that's exactly how it, it felt in reality in the dream. This 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 lack of being able to scream. And I remember that as a kid and being scared to go to sleep because it's like oh, I don't want to go and I don't want the witch to come. But as an adult now, as I said, I can see that even if it's absolutely horrific, you can wake up and it's all good. I'll tell you now. I'll end on a more a more positive note of a dream I had because the the ability to wake yourself up in a dream is a good thing and it's often at the point you realise it's a dream, or having the realisation it's a dream. And I messaged a Ramesh Aranganathan about this the, the other day, because I had a dream that I was at the courtyard at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, the Pleasance Courtyard, and Ramesh was there. And he was hanging out, and he was catching up with everyone. And then I spoke to him, and he was like, yeah, I've not got a show today. I just thought I'd come and hang out with all the other comedians in the courtyard. And genuinely... That was the point. I went, this is a dream, isn't it? Because genu- it was genuinely not realistic to me or inconceivable to me that Ramesh would choose to come and hang out with these people <laughs> on, a, on a day that isn't a gig day. Because I know Ramesh. 
and he wouldn't. And I messaged Ramesh about that, and I even pointed out that the night before, I'd dreamt of riding on a dragon, and that hadn't twigged as a dream. So riding on a dragon was more realistic than Ramesh choosing on his day off to come and just hang out in the Pleasance Courtyard. So yeah, there we go, on that bombshell. Thank you for tuning in. Um, I'm going to try and put this out this Friday, so after the Jean Grey episode. And then, so next Wednesday, you're going to have Johnny Lee Miller. And it's a fantastic chat. Absolute dude. Then the week after that, I think we're going to have Rick Edwards doing a fantastic... Oh, honestly, you're going to nerd out over, over this one. It's We talk a bit about his podcast, but his podcast is about the, the, the science behind movies. So it's a, a massive nerd out on f- films and science. And it's really good. So yeah, that's to come. I've got a special one coming up about vinyl with the writer of a book about why vinyl matters and the history of of, 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 of vinyl and pop music. And loads of good stuff to come, so tune in. Oh, actually, I should have the ending music and then, then, then do an outro. Oh, no, I'll do an outro as I go past the, them dogs. I'm figuring it all out as I go along. All right, well, thank you for tuning in. I'll answer more of these, and you might be able to... It depends on if I get time this week have recorded a part two you might have missed the chance to add questions but if i don't then add some questions if you hear this oh i'm jumping down off the rock oh ow oh god i look i'm covered in dirt i look an absolute mess anyway i'm gonna go and then then, then when i get to the dogs i'll record an outro all right Right, here's, here's the first. There's three dogs here. Ah, Alright guys. They're nice looking though. They're angry, but then oh, oh one of them's just cleaning his bum. Um yeah, through the power of time travel. I've jumped forward ten minutes in time from when you last spoke to me. Even though it was just a brief moment and I'm walking down this nice hill. There was three dogs there, but they're not the ones that were scary. There's this one who proper hates me. So I'm going to keep walking and try and go past him. As I said, thank you for tuning in. If you want to go to speechdevelopmentrecords.com and buy some uh, some merch, that would be lovely. You can rate and review on uh, on iTunes. Apparently that helps or something. Oh, this path I'm going down, it's not steps, it's like a... Slippery slope path. So, so when this dog jumps up, I'm going to shit myself and fall over. So, that's nice. This was a bad idea, you know. I can genuinely see this part of the podcast going very wrong, or this part of my life. Um, I'm walking so slowly down this weird slope, and the dog's going to jump out and scare the shit out of me. Unless he's gone, and there'll be a really anticlimactic end of the podcast. No, nope, that's the garden he was in. I think he's gone. I think he's bloody gone. As a result, at least I'm not going to die. I mean, it's bad news for you guys. Because you, you don't get to hear an angry angry a French dog, but... Oh, it's good news for me, because it means I've made it down and I didn't fall over. Well, there we go. That's a, <laughs> that's a hell of an end. They've obviously taken him in because he was so angry. Honestly, he was right stressed out, that lad. I walked past him and he was really quite aggressive towards me and I found it unacceptable um, 
Well, as I said, thank you for tuning in. Head to speechdevelopmentrecords.com for signed copies of my book. That's plural. A signed copy of my DVD would be a good Christmas present for that special someone. Um, there's also jumpers, t-shirts, scarves, bobble hats, umbrellas, swimsuits, leggings. This this sounds like I'm doing a joke, but I genuinely have made all of those as merch because I'm a weirdo. Um, yeah, cool stuff, right? I think so. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll see you on Wednesday. This has been a, a bonus episode, so if you've not enjoyed it, uh, go fuck yourself. Ta-ta. Au revoir.